Biden is racially racially equiting us to death. Middle East peace created by Trump is looking to be undone by the Biden administration. And teachers suck. Finally, let's listen to our video montage of Jen Psaki, uh, I think her name is, um, by Gray, this is by Grabian, answering questions to the media. And we can see where things are going to go in the next four years. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with you. I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, ha- we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. Either she is the dumbest press secretary ever released on the public or she just doesn't know shit and she's just trying to hide stuff yeah this is what we can expect for the next four years this is gene you're listening to dumbasses talking politics hey hey this is gene welcome back to dumbasses talking politics okay so we've got more a racial equality or equity or whatever they decide to call it today. Uh, Today, Biden, it's Tuesday, today Biden decided to call it both. He said equality and then he went on to equity. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But Joe Biden signed another four executive orders, this time seeking uh, to bring racial equity. He said equality, then he changed it to equity and he did that twice. Biden has signed now 33 executive orders in the last six days. It might be 34. We'll talk about that a little later. I'm not sure if that's an executive uh, order, which is higher than the last five presidents combined in their first month of service. President Trump signed like two. So this is this is really something. Can anyone say dictatorship? When one man is ruling and creating policy via an edict, this is dictatorship. So let's go over some of his stupid equity policies because they're really dumb. And I, I, think, I think one of them is actually going to hurt them in the future. So let's go over them. The first thing is uh, the Biden instructed the Justice Department to renew private prison contracts or not to renew private prison contracts. And he also asked uh, DHS, the um, uh, housing authority, excuse me, to reevaluate how they give low-income housing. Basically, I'm not going to talk too much about that. What that basically means is how can we give people of color free housing? That's what it comes down to. By the way, I live in a trailer. I, you hear everything that happens here? I live in a trailer. Not that I can't afford an apartment. I won't pay for an apartment because I want to buy a house. And the problem with Joe Biden is my fiance has low income housing. She pays for, she pays less rent than I do in a trailer. So that tells you what's happening with low income housing. So I've got definite beliefs in that, but I need to see something before I actually talk about it. So here's what the order says. The order says that there is a disappropriate 
number of people of color currently incarcerated in the United States. It claims privately operated criminal definition detention facilities consistently underperform federal facilities with respect to correctional services programs and resources that help prepare inmates to re-enter society. Couple problems with that statement. Um, disappropriate, disappropriate number of people of color. Here's the big question. Did those people of color actually commit crimes? If they did commit crimes, then what difference does it make if they're in prison? I'm sorry, I'm having a problem with this. That doesn't work with me. If people in prison commit crimes, it doesn't matter what their color is. They committed a crime. They should be. They should be in. Uh, they should be in uh, prison. I, I really don't care who runs it. The other thing is privately operated criminal detention facilities consistently underperform federal facilities in respect to correctional service programs and resources. This is another thing that uh, that helped prepare inmates to re-enter society. This is another thing that bothers me. You're in prison because you're there to be punished. It's about justice. It's not about re-entering society. Yes, if you're a car thief and you steal a car and they could get you your high school diploma and maybe teach you a trade, that's great. But you are there for being a car thief. You're not there to be trained. That's called, which we're going to talk about later, school. So this is kind of stupid. If they're sitting back and saying that the privatized program, and I cannot believe that any privatized jail or prison is going to be worse than federal prisons. Just look at the VA when it comes to health care. Uh, if the determination of a good jail is providing programs and resources? No. They're not there to provide programs and resources. They're there to punish an individual who committed a crime. So I, I really have a problem with this. We seem to have forgotten what prison is really about. It's justice. If someone murdered my family member, I don't give a rat's freaking ass about what program he's able to get into. I want that son of a bitch serving prison time, being miserable, eating freaking worms within that grow within breads, crap like that. I want that guy to suffer because he made my life suffer. I am not there. He is not there to be made into a good person of society. Okay, so let's continue. This There is a broad consensus that our current system of mass incarceration imposes significant costs. Mass incarceration is keyword. It means we need to let people out and hardships on our society and communities, and does not make us safer. Well, if you keep releasing criminals, which we've seen in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Boston, you keep Washington, D.C., Atlanta, you keep, Philadelphia, you keep releasing criminals, yeah, it's not going to make us safer. Um, being incarcerated for two hours and then being released with a ticket because you committed a sexual assault... That's not incarceration. So I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going to see. And by the way, this is the thing with statistics. You can always manipulate statistics. So we have all this incarceration, but if we keep releasing our criminals and then they actually um, commit more crimes, yeah, you're going to see a problem with um, 
you're going to see a problem with more crime. Quote, to decrease incarceration levels, we must reduce profit-based incentives to incarcerate by phasing out of the federal government's reliance on privately operated criminal detention facilities. This is a thing from the left. So I'm going to repeat a couple of things here. First off, I still don't understand how a person's race is an issue with racial justice if he's in prison. The question is, did he commit a crime? If he didn't, his race is irrelevant. It's that individual that committed a crime. Okay, just like I'm not saying it's racial racial discrimination because a white guy is in prison. If he committed a crime, that's it. Second question, why are private prisons relevant to any of this? Is Microsoft actually convicting these criminals and sending them to prison? Of course not. The courts are convicting people and sending them to prison. So to sit back and blame private prisons because there is a higher level of people of color in prisons is stupid because those private prisons aren't actually convicting them. They're just housing them. Finally, not a lot of convicted criminals are in private prison, probably less than 10%. Last I looked, it was like 9,000 people were in private prisons. So what's the point of all this? Because it's really not doing anything. Well, it's to close prisons. That's the goal here. Let people out. Let people be free. And let anarchy reign in our country. That is the point of the left. If you have any doubts, look at Antifa. In another uh, executive order, Biden has recommitted federal government to respect tribal sovereignty. Now, I could read this. Well, I'm going to read this because there is something in it that I find interesting. So the order reads in part, American Indians and Alaska Native tribal nations are sovereign governments recognized under the Constitution of the United States, treaties, statutes, executive orders, and court decisions. It is a priority of my administration to make respect for tribal sovereignty and self-governance, commitment to fulfilling federal trusts and treaty responsibilities to tribal nations and regular meaningful, and robust consultation with tribal nation cornerstones of federal Indian policy. Of course, the uh, Biden, in a previous EO, basically said that you can't drill on federal lands, and who does that hurt? The Ute Indians in, um, in uh, New Mexico. So, ugh. The United States has made a solemn pro- made solemn promises to tribal nations for more than two centuries. Honoring those commitments is particularly vital now as our nation faces crisis related to health, the economy, racial justice, and climate change. I okay. All of which disappropriately harm Native Americans. History demonstrates that we best serve Native American people when tribal governments are empowered to lead their communities, and when federal officials speak with and listen to tribal leaders in formulating federal policies that affect the tribal nations. I I, I just got to ask one question. Why is this a thing? Don't we already have laws that do this? Don't they get government subsidies? And we're talking reservations. They get government subsidies. They get tax breaks. And reservations reservations don't have to follow state and some federal laws. 
I'm so tired of hearing about the victimization of the Indians. Yes, there was the Trail of Tears. That was bad. That was terrible. It was a bad thing the United States did. But the Indians were a prominent business partner of the colonists and the United States from the beginning when the United States actually joined. The two civilizations, and I'm going to put air quotes around civilizations from Native Americans, we're going to talk about that later on when we talk about the history of the United States, were very different. They Both civilizations saw property differently. They saw the value of money and goods differently. The Indians didn't want money. They wanted goods. The Americans wanted goods, and that's the American colonists and the United States citizens. And the Indians were not peaceful. This seems to be something that everyone really brings up constantly. They weren't the peaceful environmentalists that sang Kumbaya before the colonists came. They warred with the colonists. They warred with each other. They warred. They had slaves. They had um, cannibalism. That scalping thing actually came from the Native Americans. So let's not keep bringing up the Native Americans as this peaceful thing. Yes, they were victimized. Yes, we killed 75% of their population. Between 75 and 90% of their population. Depending on who you talk to, by the way. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about U.S. history. But they also slayed about 35% of the colonists in wars. I don't advocate that all Native Americans should die. I'm not saying that history happens and it is never... I, I, I'm saying just saying that history does happen and it's never one-sided. Like the left wants you to believe. Most history involves violence. This is something we need to remember. I can't. I wish I could remember. I think it was actually, and I know he didn't quote this, but it was actually in uh, Oh Fury, the movie Fury. Concepts, ideals are peaceful. History is violent. Well, history was violent with the Native Americans, and trust me, the Native Americans put in their own fair share of this whole thing. Okay, so let's go into Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, because that's the next EO. I'm not even going to... I don't even know what this whole thing's about. I'm not even going to talk about it, because I'm already running long. Last I checked, Asian Americans actually have higher employment and higher incomes than any other race in the country, including whites. Where are they discriminated against is when it comes to getting into colleges. Then they have to wait behind other people of color. Asians are seen as white when it's convenient. Then they're seen as people of color when it comes to Joe Biden throwing out a throwing out a executive order. This sounds like Joe Biden is just trying to cover his bases. Okay? Asian Americans, even Japanese Americans, they were reparations were given to them during the um, uh, concentration camps that were set up during World War II in the United States. But it sounds like he's trying to make everyone feel warm and cozy. Um, And he can't leave out, he can't, he definitely cannot leave out 
the Asian Americans and the Pacific Islanders. That was the other group that he was talking about. Though we really don't have a heavy population of Pacific Islanders. According to the Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has imposed a temporary freeze. This could be the uh, executive order number 34. I'm not sure. Uh, imp imposed a temporary freeze on U.S. arms sales to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates as it reviewed billions of dollars of weapons transactions approved by former President Donald Trump, according to U.S. officials. The review, the official said, includes the sale of precision-guided munitions to Rayada, as well as top-line F-35 fighters to Abu Dhabi, a deal that Washington approved as part of the Abrams Accord in which the Emirate UAE established diplomatic relations uh, with Israel. They said Emiratus, but I can never pronounce that, pronounce that correctly, so I decided to say UAE. U.S. officials said it isn't unusual for an administration to review arms sales approved by predecessors, and that despite the pause, many of the transactions are likely to go forward. Uh, hold your breath on that one. But in line with the campaign pledges made by President Biden, Washington is seeking to ensure that American weapons aren't used to further the Saudi-led military campaign in Yemen. We'll get to that in a second. Where its conflict with the Iranian-aligned Houthis has resulted in thousands of civilians' deaths and widespread hunger. I knew this was coming. Trump had a way had way too much success in the Middle East. Three peace deals is nothing to sneeze at. There have only been two others in the last 60 years. The arms sales were part of these peace deals. And the reason these arms deals were made with these peace deals is because Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain, and the other country are beginning to realize that their enemies aren't Israel. Their enemies are Iran. This is Biden's way to sully those deals. Even Yemen, and the article admitted it, stated that Yemen's war is Iranian-backed, an Iranian-backed war. And the reason the Saudi Arabia is fighting is Yemen. And the, Saudi Arabia is not causing all this stuff. This is Iran that is causing all this stuff. Is because they they know that if they lose Yemen, Iran is going to be looking at Saudi Arabia next. Biden wants to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal orchestrated by the Obama administration. He also wants to do something with the Palestinians, also run by a terrorist organization, Hamas, because the left wants him to do something. Listen, the left hates Israel. And Israel was going to take it in the ass no matter what happened with the Biden administration. He cannot organize some sort of deal with Palestine and deal with, with Iran if there's peace between Israel and other Arab countries. That's it. Peace was not a good thing for the Biden administration on the left. It was thought that Israel was in trouble when the Biden administration jumped in. And so far, everything we see shows that Biden is going to hurt Israel. We'll have to see if Biden's going to be the first president to actually go in and purposely destroy 
Middle East peace. Because that's what he's saying. He's got a good, he's got, Biden's got a good thing going for him right now. All he has to do is continue what Trump's doing and he's destroying everything that Trump is doing. This is a very bad thing. We could have literally, Biden himself could have three to four countries join Middle peace with Israel in his next four years. He will not do it, including Saudi Arabia. And he can take credit for Saudi Arabia, even though Saudi Arabia was a Trump thing. But this is a disaster. And I think they're lying when they say, oh, well, most of this is probably going to go through. I don't think it's going to go through. I think they're going to try to break Mideast peace. Because that's the only way they could some... Why is it Democrats on the left just really want to make peace with terrorist organizations? I, I don't know. The Terrorist organizations are like the left in that, yeah, you gave us peace, but now we're going to fuck you up. And Islam, not a nation, not a religion of peace. They want to suppress those that don't believe that are the, um, whatever they call them, the, the heretics. They want to suppress Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, everything. If Iran gets a nuclear weapon, and they're pretty close now, they're going to blow Israel off the map. What's going to happen then? But if we start, if the United States starts giving them money to do it, oh my God. It's, this guy is just an absolute disaster. And he's going to destroy the Middle East. Yep. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a lot of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. This is now to give you a little background. This guy was escorted out by police and the pieces of crap on the board this was in Virginia. The pieces of crap on the board warned people not to do this. The anger in this country is absolutely insane on why kids can't go to schools. And this is this whole thing started with Chicago who basically said, "Okay, kids need to go back to school." And Chicago said, the Chicago teachers union said, we're not going back. And then when the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, the cowardly mayor of Chicago, <coughs> I'd say she's the worst mayor in 
the country, and she's probably tied with like eight of them, sat back and said, quote, this is a great disappointment. There's no questions our, our students are persevering, but there is also no question that there is no substitute for in-person learning. What a coward. What she should have said is, get your asses back to school or you will be fired. She can't do that because there are teacher unions. The Chicago Teachers Union argued the, di the district hasn't gone far enough for safety plan despite calling thousands of air filters, deep cleaning schools, and offering limited COVID-19 testing. The union wants widespread vaccinations, better metrics, or more testing. In other words, they don't want to go back. They don't want to go back to work. They're getting paid. They're getting paid. My ex-wife, who's a piece of shit, is a school teacher. She's at work now, but she wasn't, and she didn't want to go back to work. That's what it is. Stacy Davis Gates, the um, from the teachers union. She's the vice president of the teachers union. We want to return to a safe, welcoming, and thriving schools that can't happen until the health and safety precautions of our educators or students and the larger community ahead of unreasonable demands to return to school buildings, school, to school buildings that lack the necessary protocols for a safe, for, uh, to keep us safe. So here's a question for you. Um, I thought Democrats believed in science because the reality is kids don't really transmit this disease the reality is the kids don't typically catch this disease under the age of 10 there have been less than 50 children throughout the country that have actually died of this disease and here's what we do know and this is all science this is all statistics we know that kids are committing suicide at a highest at a higher rate now, my fiance, I'm not going to say that. I, I, I know kids that are, are dying to go back to school. I mean, literally dying. When California opened up the schools for two to three days a week, the kids went. They were dying to get out of the house. And kids don't have the attention span to actually deal with online learning. I barely had the attention span to work from home. But you're expecting a 13 or 14-year-old, 16-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 10-year-old to have an attention span to be able to watch a teacher for four hours? And our kids aren't learning anything. They're not learning anything. I was helping someone the other day with their history because I, I know U.S. history. And I was saying, did you read what they said? Because this is basic U.S. history. No. I was helping someone with their civics uh, test for their citizenship. She couldn't answer one freaking question. She didn't know who the first president of the United States was. By the way, just to get off on teachers, because teachers are doing this for selfish reasons. They just don't want to teach. That's Let's call it what it is. They don't want to work. They want to get a check, and they don't want to work. Personally, I do what Reagan did back in the 80s with the uh, air traffic controllers and said, okay, well, guys, you're all fired. 
You don't want to go to work? No problem. You're fired. And get new teachers. And by the way, the old teachers ain't exactly teaching our kids shit anyway. So why are we even faking all this crap? But I am one person. Right now, I'm going to say this. And that guy in that clip hit it right off the bat. I am not a embracer of teachers. I don't think teachers hold any value in our society. Especially since our kids can't freaking add. And they don't know who the first president of the United States is. Or they don't know who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. By the way, that person is in AP history, which means she's in honors history. And she don't know she doesn't know what the Emancipation Proclamation is. And she doesn't know what the Civil War was. She doesn't know who the president was that started it. She doesn't know who the first president of the United States is. I'm sorry, I've got a problem there. I knew that ages ago. In school, when I was taught. I don't think our teachers teach anything. I think they all need to be fired and start over again. All of them. I think parents should be able to put their kids in whatever school they want to put in. And if the government has to support it, I agree with that. I believe parents should actually go in and homeschool their kids. It's not possible for a lot of people. But I'll tell you one thing, Josie's kids, my fiance's kids, I could definitely teach them better than any school could teach them. I, it, it's disgusting. And all this crap I hear, if I hear this crap, I watch television all the time and I see this crap where teacher of the year, this is on network news, teachers don't deserve teachers of the year, it's a job. You work nine months a year. You get paid a full salary and work nine months a year. You'll excuse me if I don't think this is particularly a difficult job. Yes, you have to go in front of kids. They can be very difficult. There are ways around that. You can deal with that. But don't tell me that these people are important in society, that they should be celebrated. I don't believe. Because these parents now, these teachers now, that teacher's union doesn't give a rat's freaking ass about the kids. The kids are killing themselves. The kids are using drugs. They don't give a rat's ass about the kids. So F the teachers unions. I don't give a damn about the teachers unions. F public school teachers. I don't give a damn about them. If you were a real teacher, you get off your effing ass and you would walk into a classroom and start teaching kids. Because you're not getting COVID from those kids. Okay, that was ended on a negative tone, but <coughs> I'm so sick and tired. I, I tried to be a teacher. Matter of fact, my fiance keeps telling me, why don't you become a teacher? Because you seem really good at it. And I am good at it. I'd never be taken because I actually think the Constitution is a good thing. I think the Declaration of Independence is a good thing. I don't think we're systemically racist. I, I couldn't be a public school teacher today. They'd never hire me. They'd make me take one freaking equity class and I would say, this is bullshit, I'm not doing it. Anyway, okay, you can follow me on uh, Patreon at Dumbasses Talking Politics. I'm pretty sure Patreon will be up eventually. It's not up yet, but I'm going to keep doing it. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just go find me on Twitter or 
visit my website or something. It's it's there. You can uh, download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com where I have all my links, videos, audio clips, and show notes. So if you think I'm lying, you can just visit uh, some of those links. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.